Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Lay Film Podcast, where we review some gems of the cinematic world. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tyler, and with me today are my fellow co-hosts, Patrick, Richie, and Kevin. Yeah, so it's been a little while. Actually, it hasn't, hasn't been that long. I think it's been a while since all four of us have been back on a pod, I think, right? But uh, today, we're doing a little uh, flashback reviewing, or not flashback, but flashback to worst pandemic times, uh, The Pink Cloud, um, a Brazilian film, uh, science fiction type thriller um, directed by Luil Gerbase. I know I'm <laughs> saying that super bad i'm butchering it but uh yeah it was a cool film i really enjoyed it what'd you guys think it was brutal it was i was like didn't even want to keep watching it when i turned it on i, I watched at like 2 a.m or something and I was like up till four or five. I, was like, I just can't sleep now. Yeah, that's like <laughs> just... the worst time to watch that movie, I feel like. Patrick, it's your usual routine, right? You're yeah, either watching like... a movie or like a show at 2 a.m. after work. Yeah, but like normally it's like fun. Like I'm just listening to like <laughs> music or parts from movies I like to feel good and then pass out. This is like lights off in the dark. I can't pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess before we get into the movie, I guess, uh, what are you guys like? What you guys been doing? What you been watching? Anything exciting going on in anybody's um, life? Yeah, uh, I watched a show that is relevant to like our pandemic times called Station Eleven on HBO Max. It's a mini series, and um, although I will say, like, I find the show way more compelling and thrilling than watching The Pink Cloud. It's way more like hopeful, you know, it's, it is about, um, a person or I guess a community that she's embedded with, that she's created uh, after the apocalypse happens, you know? And, um, yeah, they have like this traveling symphony that they do where they perform Shakespeare, which is really great. And you're wondering like, how are they doing this <laughs> post apocalypse? Um, yeah, it's really yeah, it's so good. I cried watching this series. And um, yeah, it is about how, how do we utilize art? How do we, you know, utilize literature to help us, um, you know, survive through this, these awful times? And how, um, how the same, I guess, artifact in a way uh, affected two people very differently and how they lead totally separate lives and um yeah the main character does meet someone who is a huge threat to the silver lining that she has for humanity and yeah kind of reminded me of a bit of lost except i think it's better than lost because of it's like non-linear uh narrative and um it's very stylish and um yeah, it's like it had a bit of Mad Max in it. 
and yeah it's such a such a great show i i highly recommend if you're looking for like a limited series it's created by patrick somerville shout out to patrick um i'm not familiar with his work besides like you know um he wrote a couple episodes of this series called the bridge and he did a, a netflix limited series called maniac which i've yet to get to but i want to watch it now because uh yeah i think he did an incredible job doing this show and um yeah and hero mirai directed a few episodes and i love his work doing atlanta and um and some some of childish gambino's music videos so yeah that's what i watched recently yeah you mentioned maniac uh the show that's the show with um jonah hill in it correct yes okay yeah jonah hill and uh, emma emma stone yeah, I, I watched that when it first came out, and I was pretty blown away by the just the the sheer amount of creativity in that in that show. And I really like the emphasis on like mental health and everything in it. And that's that's what I've been meaning to go back to, but I'll have to check out Station Eleven because that sounds I I I love limited series and. Cause especially after like coming off of a uh, this one show that I recently finished, um, Shameless, the U.S. version. Oh, does it have like a lot of seasons? Like eight, oh eight or nine seasons or something? It's like eleven, dude. Like. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> and that show, I mean, it was it was it was a slog to get through. Like I just finished it just to just to say I finished it, but like. <laughs> I heard one of the actresses left. They're like one of the main. Like totally like lead characters had left the oh, show or like yeah, due to was, pay. I, I don't I don't know if it was a uh, due to pay. I I know that there was an issue that like that that came up that eventually got resolved. But I think that they left just uh, you know feeling like the show ran its course probably and wanted to move on to bigger better things. But yeah, the show like I coming out of it, I feel like I didn't really get anything from it. Like. Other than, you know, we're, we're Gallagher's, we're family, family's everything. We don't walk out on family. And like, other <laughs> than that, though, family. and, I, and I'm just like, why am I watching the show about all these shitty people and like, <laughs> just doing shitty things? Like, it makes it made me uh, just feel god awful watching shows, just seeing the, like these people get into horrible situations and just do so much self-sabotage and it, it it reminds me of like watching it's always sunny like i can only watch like a certain amount of it's always sunny before i just feel like a god-awful human being <laughs> and and it's like two two similar but different feelings that i get from watching both of the shows and i will never go back and rewatch shameless again just because like, <laughs> <laughs> i i feel like no desire to um but with It's Always Sunny, I, I can go back and rewatch those shows just because, like, there there is, like, some sort of, like... I, I guess that Shameless did have, like, commentary, especially with, like, gentrification and, like, you know, especially, like, now in Sacramento now. Like, that's all I can think about. And just, of course, like, other cities around here, too. But, like, it, it did have, like, some of its, some of its good moments and everything. But I, just overall... Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so glad to be done with it. Uh I didn't I haven't watched any new shows, but I did see Batman. 
Ooh, that's one nice. I want to watch. <clears throat> yeah, I watched that too. What'd you both think of it? I enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I'm not gonna like hype it up like it was like crazy. Like it was just a good Batman movie for sure. Yeah, I I'd say I liked it as much as you know the upper tier Batman movies. You know, like Dark Knight or yeah, like I think it's yes on, on par with like the no. It can be on par with the Nolan movies. I definitely think it's like the like the best uh, looking Batman. Yeah, I agree. Like cinematography that. wise, color wise, Gotham was sick too. Like it's the sickest Gotham, I think. Yeah, I love how moody it is. Yeah, I love how they utilize shadows and just the um, the orange hues and yeah, it's very yeah, very beautiful looking movie for sure. And and the score is really really strong. Um, yeah, and the acting is really good. I really loved the uh, Paul Dano as Riddler, and Colin Farrell's Penguin. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm a bit conflicted though about it because uh, I don't know why they went for like this really darker gritty version, but then we're like, yeah, we'll make it PG thirteen though. But hey, let's reference like seven and let's do like this really dark serial killer movie. But like, it's not it's not for family. But we'll make a PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's a Batman movie. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like they probably do that. Like, do you think because kids still can go see it then? Yeah. Yeah, so, but oh, like high man. school kids. People were taking like their kids to go see it though. Like they were taking like their little like five to eight year olds. I heard in the theater. I'm like, there's a kid in here. No way. Yeah, but it's like, dude, I don't know. I think that's up to the parents. Like, yeah, you can find so much shit on if you're a kid and you're on like if you're like unsupervised on an iPhone, you could find way worse <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Why? What did you find, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, like I would have went to go see that as a kid, like for sure, probably with my dad or some shit. Oh as yeah, for sure. If I was a kid, I watched a Batman. I I'd talk about it for like a whole year. Like the coolest thing I saw, you know. But, um, yeah, it was good though. It was I liked it. Like I like it way more than fucking Ben Affleck Batman. Hey. hey, hey. That's what oh, I heard. Don't don't go there. <laughs> I keep hearing that. <laughs> I I'm just uh, excited yeah. to see to see a Batman movie like where it's just full on detective mode. Yeah. Oh oh okay. A bit of criticism about that. No 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 spoilers or anything for the Batman, but um, yeah, I like that they focused more on that too. But at the same time, it didn't really. It wasn't really uh. What's the word? Like they didn't. Re it wasn't as uh, mysterious, I guess. It wasn't like it didn't put you in the mood to to solve these riddles or solve these clues. Because as soon as Batman gets something, he'll like have an answer. It's like it doesn't really build up. Yeah, it doesn't have a build up to it. You know, just be like, oh, I have an answer, and then he answers it, and I'm just like, huh, all right. Is that you're doing more like telling than showing? You know, so yeah, that's a bit of a criticism from the movie. They did too much like 
answering things on the fly and exposition and like, you know, giving us time to solve those things ourselves. That's just me. I feel like I haven't been watching too much stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to check out Station Eleven. And I, I want to see Batman as well, just because it's always been like one of my... I don't know. I want to say like back when I was a kid. And then a few years ago, I started getting back into reading uh, the newer run of the comics that are going with them now. And I don't know. I've just always really liked or had some sort of um, attraction to that kind of, like, hero, I guess. Um, that person, well, them and then, like, Spider-Man. Like, I had this one awesome Spider-Man action figure that I got when I was a little kid, and he was, like, Spider-Man all, like, banged up, and, like, his suit was all melting and everything, and, like, he was, like, on the brink of, like, death, and I just thought it was so <laughs> sick. <laughs> I, I like that. The vulnerability of the hero. Yeah. It's like Goku where he has only the blue shirt on, but the yes. top layer is gone. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, it's it's getting real. <laughs> Dude, when, whenever, okay, whenever on DB, DBZ, when, when um, the characters ended up in that, like, stasis chamber, yeah. like <laughs> like the one where, where it's just full of, like, liquid, that's when you know they're about to have, like, the comeback of a century. <laughs> <laughs> And there's 40 episodes of Goku on the ship in one of those on the yeah. way to Namek. Yeah. It's all when he gets here. It's, it's on. We we just have to fend him off until he gets here. Yeah, we just the do 30 episodes of filler about finding Dragon Balls and fighting goons. <laughs> then Goku one shots him. Kevin, I'd recommend The Big O if you haven't seen that yet. The big O. Oh, I watched that growing up. The yeah. the huge robot thing, right? It's like. knockoff anime Batman. So he has a big mech. An art deco post-apocalyptic future. It's really good. It's uh, very stylized and uh, some great characters in that show. I need to rewatch it even, but yeah. It's, it know, hits that itch. I, I definitely remember seeing stills of this when I was a kid. I don't know. Wait, did you watch it on Toonami at all? Or was yeah. it on there? Okay, yeah, I, think on, I, run. I think I might have seen clips from this, but like, no, I'm I'm looking at some of the stills right now and it, it looks amazing. Like, um, did any of you ever watch that one show? Um, oh God, it was like something XLR or I don't know. Um, uh, Megas XLR? Yeah, Megas XLR, yeah. yeah. Mm -mm. The two uh, friends, <laughs> the robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like it, it was like two friends who get like a robot and then they just like fight wait did they fight so i don't know i can't remember it's been so long but it's like a, it was like a joke americanization of the mecha genre yeah cartoon network it rolled yeah, yeah I, Dude, I, was... I wait what were you saying Tyler? oh no you can finish i'll let you finish Oh, I was just saying, like, I, I just love the mech genre. Like, it's been ingrained in me, especially with, like, Zoids. Like, I used to wake up at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah, me too. The animal ones, right? Yeah. They had, like, the all the different um, seasons where, like, yeah, different animals and stuff. What was it, like, the Liger or something on there? Like, yeah, the, and then they had a fucking huge, like, 50 cal on top of the fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <to> the Zoid. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I I definitely want to check this anime out though. I and I want to see the ones that uh you recently picked up, Pat. Oh like, yeah. Uh, the space operas and stuff. Uh, I'm still yeah, I'm still push plugging away slowly. I got a new job, but I'm work. I'm staying up late watching uh Space Runaway, Edeon. Oh, have you seen Outlaw Star, Patrick? Did oh, like that's that that's another classic. Yes. What about uh, Dead Leaps? Have you ever heard of oh. Dead Leaps? Dead Leaps? I haven't seen Dead Leaves. I lost I just classic. found out about it recently. Right, I'm going through like the obscure shows now. <laughs> into some of those. Is Fooly Cooly one of them too? I no, I've already... Them. That one's amazing. I can't... It's like Punk Evangelion. I can't recommend <laughs> that one enough. <laughs> get ready to get upset and like, yeah. It, it hits like emotional core stuff and yeah that's another <clears throat> classic yeah i want to watch yeah. all those it's a it's a good thing to stay up late doing kind of get that tsunami vibe back and yes space runaway is just more anti-war uh a little bit monster of the week but it was made in the 80s but uh they're starting to set up some of the eldritch war that's supposed to come <laughs> that's supposed to really uh, yeah. Get heavy. <laughs> Dude, that's what, I, uh, that's what I was gonna say earlier, though. It's like that Toonami era of cartoons was just the best. Like, getting home after school. I think it would, Toonami would come on at, like, four. Yeah. And then yeah. catch Toonami from, like, four to eight. That was, like, the perfect time slot. Yes. <laughs> Get out of school at three, eat some food. You guys remember the midday tsunami, I think? Or my, maybe it maybe just... that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the midday because I think it came on like right after school and then tsunami would come on mm -hmm. at night too, right? At like Yeah. They'll have like the movies on Friday or something. Yeah. They'll have like one of those specials. You know, they show like a Dragon Ball Z movie or Yeah. You know, the Iron Giant. Like they would play Dragon Ball Z at three, and then like Yu Yu Hakusho at three thirty, and oh. then uh, I forget what. Ronin Kenshin. Was. Yeah, yeah I would just catch. One. I would just catch like an episode of like four different shows. <laughs> yeah. Got it. The, the Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, like the first the first tournament that they had, that was like the first that season. Really, yeah. That that yeah, it was so in. good. Woo. And the music, oh my god, yeah. don't even get me started on Sayonara Bye Bye, alright? Like, <laughs> I actually I, never I even finished the show. I heard that, like, towards the end of it, it tends to get, like, it tends to fall off a little bit, but uh, there's some really good stuff. I I want to say at the start of the pandemic, I uh, started re-watching Yu Hakusho and got until about, I want to say, season three? But I used to just, like, have it on while I was like exercising and stuff and that's like my favorite thing to do is to just put on like old school anime and just like work out and stuff like especially with like that's, Dragon Ball oh that's man that's sick dude yeah like you get hella hyped off like a Goku vs Vegeta scene yeah. <laughs> what about uh what about Tenchi in Tokyo you guys ever watched that one <laughs> Tenchi in Tokyo it's a I didn't know that but it was a, a harem anime um, and it was, that was also on Toonami, and I used to love watching that show. Fucking Tenshi Muyo? Yeah, there was Tenshi Muyo, and then Tenshi in Tokyo, I guess, was like a re, like a reboot in a sense. 
okay. with the show. But I had all the same characters, yeah, and I had all these like I don't even remember the story. I think they had all these like super hot like alien like figures, like women who are like always like after Tenchi and oh. it's so, <laughs> yeah. They're always like in bikinis and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was Outlaw Star without the through line plot of finding the treasure right. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, those are some good times, though, uh, when we had Toonami, and yeah, now, uh, yeah, now we're older, and we don't get ruining. that anymore. Yeah, now Netflix is just ruining the classics. We get bad imitation copies of everything. Yeah, this is depressing as if we all had to stay inside because of a lethal... <laughs> occurrence happening globally you can never ever leave again or have anyone come over or go anywhere <laughs> oh my god you're just gonna live a mundane life without freedom <laughs> without passion so that segues us into our review of the pink cloud <laughs> um, how, how did you find out about this film tyler Dude, I forget. I think uh, I was just looking at like hella movies. I wanted something new, though. I wanted to watch something like super recent. So I think that's how I found it. I, um, I think this played at Sundance or something. And I think I was looking at uh, like a list of films that played at Sundance. So I was just watching a bunch of trailers and stuff. And then, yeah, I saw the trailer for this. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I didn't really like it. What the movie actually wasn't what I thought it was going to be like based off the trailer. So, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I had a hard time watching this movie. Not going to lie. Yes. Same. I've I, uh, watched it in two pieces. It was had, a bit of a slog to get through. In my opinion, it was, I, I kind of wished it, it could it could have been more i think it could have been either more or it could have just been a short film in my opinion yeah i think it could have been a really good short film like this movie could have been probably like 40 minutes or 30 minutes long i agree but like it wasn't too long either i mean i think it was only like 90 minutes so it wasn't like terribly long oh uh, i think it was like an hour 40 no short hour 40. yeah like i don't know and it just felt so long to me when I was watching it. <laughs> Probably because like the the claustrophobic like quarantine feel like just like makes you like it's like uncomfortable and I mean it just I've... brings up it just brings back like sour memories too. So you're just like, oh, I don't even really want to watch this right now. Like I mean I've watched bottled films over before, the pandemic. You know? Films that like where you're stuck in a in the situation you wanna be in. And it was more compelling, but this movie is like, I just felt like there was nothing going on. There was, the characters weren't really that interesting, except for the lead character. Um, That's the beauty yeah, of The it. lead actress. I don't know, um, man. There was like, in between, in the in-between moments, there was like, literally like, nothing going on. I will die on the hill of this film. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that slow, arduous, nothing happening 
vibe transcends the pandemic, which was like a eerie parallel that this was written before then. But like it feels like a running commentary about our whole our whole descent as a species, the encroaching climate catastrophe and especially us here in the uh, first world where we uh, have lived comfortable lives at the expense of the third world regions on this earth. And uh, now we're going to start feeling the uh, ramifications of that. And we're so was it, anesthetized that's just going to feel like a slow descent of uh, just things getting worse. But like, uh, what's the word? It's a lethargic lethargy. Yeah, or like me melancholy. Yeah, but like even less placed than melancholy, I would say just like a like it feels like a logical conclusion, like the time passing in a day. The progressive descent and us just. Sitting and letting it happen all around us, it feels like the film was. To me, this is yeah, this this was my read when I was staying up late. It was like, oh, yeah, this is like one of those great films that transcends and it's just like huge middle finger. To uh, the comfortable lives that we are the benefactors of, which is not of our individual faults, but it's still something to be addressed. And I love that the film does that. Yeah, I felt the the overall cynical take on placing two people together. You know, this is just like an ordinary day where they just happen to be out on a date and then all of a sudden just disaster hits. And then just seeing how these two seeds are forced to take root and grow alongside one another for an unspecified amount of time you know they're just trying to wait out this global catastrophe that's occurring that nobody knows anything about and I really enjoyed how incompetent they portrayed every every I guess like um, outlet that has a knowledge that could have knowledge on like the subject you know trying to figure it out trying to address the issue um i feel like that is a very realistic take on you know what could possibly happen if you know and it, that sort of thing did happen um uh one thing that i wasn't expecting was the was the religious aspect to it which made me appreciate the film even more like it, it ended up it ended up like hitting this whole, you know, like like what Pat said, where it transcended the, you know, the, the parallel that it has with the pandemic, like that eerie parallel. And it took it to grounds where people ended up like worshiping like this, this thing that was like brought upon them. And I love the dynamic between both of the characters as well. Um, and seeing how they reacted to it um, with Giovanna and Iago. Um, I also found it hard to, you know, continue watching it throughout the movie, but I just watched it all in one sitting, which I hardly ever do, which is strange. Um, 
And I loved seeing their lives progress, you know, over the course of this catastrophe and seeing how each person tried to cling on to their humanity and to their desires and dreams outside of this bubble that they have together. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I'm, I'm really glad that you picked this, Tyler, because especially since it's like a, it came out, what, like this year? Yeah. Yeah, that that's crazy to me. Um and I don't know, I hope that it, I hope that more people check it out, you know, cuz it seems like it this one's going to fly under the radar. Hopefully not. Um yeah, definitely check it out if, you know, you want to feel some sort of catharsis you know, uh, when it comes to this pandemic that we've all been living through. Should we give our ratings? Yeah, um, I'll go first. I'll give it a 3.75 out of 5. Um, I did enjoy this movie. Like, I like I didn't really have a problem with it being, I guess, like, the narrative not having a whole lot or whatever. Because, yeah, like you were saying, Kevin, like, I did just enjoy, like, watching how the two main characters just coped with the situation. And, uh, like, I didn't like how, like the movie made me feel at times like I'm like damn like that time sucked or whatever like you know like it is just kind of like it is just sad at times but also like bringing up like the religious aspect and like practicing like gratitude and you know like being grateful for what you have I think is a uh, something that like I took away from it after and you know like I almost felt like uh, I don't know, like, I felt like I was a better person, like, after watching it, like, I wanted to, like, not, you know, not take things or certain people for granted and other things like that, you know, like, it's weird, it actually kind of made me feel good after, <laughs> like, after I finished watching it, um, but yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I'm gonna give it the same rating, Tyler. Uh, 3.75 out of 5. This movie reminded me of um, shorts that you come across that just nail this very pocketed uh, topic that they want to like discuss and they did it really, really well. Um, they explored, I want to say like almost every single aspect that you could um, when it comes to this type of movie where it's set in one location and it doesn't go anywhere outside of it and that you know a very small amount of characters um and it's just all about the dynamics of two people's relationship shifting you know and i really enjoyed the amount of creativity that they put into this one location as well just creating like so many memorable scenes and the dialogue between the two characters and just seeing how they developed uh, emotions for one another while, you know, straying apart while coming together again because it's like they're, they're stuck together. There's there's nothing they can do to, you know, reach out and connect with another person. I mean, they can certainly try, but there's this whole deep uh, technological layer to this movie where know we're so or the people in in the film are just so out of touch with reality because they've just been desensitized to it 
um, through the, the situation at hand, and probably even before that, it was only amplified and given more room to sprout up because of the situation. And I'm excited to talk about that part of the of the movie because I feel like there's so much there that can be unpacked um, outside of the the given. You know, it's a it's a disaster movie. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching this all the way through and I feel that I feel the same way, Tyler. Um, at the end of the movie, it made me not want to take things for granted and it made me want to start actually, uh, climb out of, uh, Pat, you mentioned like lethargy. Um, it makes me want to like break out of that mode that I've been having. Cause you know, lately I've been playing so many video games and <laughs> I, Elden Ring. yeah Elden Ring has been consuming my life lately um and I want to actually get back to chasing those desires um and this movie had a helping hand in that I'll give the film a 4.75 uh I really, uh, this is another, it's almost a five out of five, but it's lacking in certain beats or feelings that have to hit me. Like there's like certain films where you see a part of the film that like stays with you forever or something like I'll go back and rewatch it over and over over like a couple times every year. And uh, this film doesn't reach that level, but it's uh, everything it's saying. And uh, yeah, essentially for everything it's saying, but also there's there's a stylized nature to it. It's not very, very. Uh, I'm trying to think of the words because it's, it's such an enclosed environment. They can't they don't have a lot to work with. But yeah, just for the messaging and how it explores those themes as well as like six levels of themes. I really uh, appreciate and uh, yeah, that probably inflates the rating I'm giving it, but that's just that's just how I rate stuff sometimes. <laughs> for, <clears throat> for me, uh, I would give the film a two out of five. I guess I'm, yeah, I'm probably the only one who didn't really enjoy it as much as you guys did, unfortunately. So uh, I really wanted to like the film. I, I enjoy the style, like in the cinematography. I thought it, those were the really strong points of the film. Um, I really enjoyed the the lead performance by um, Renata de uh, Lelis. Um, I thought she was excellent. I thought she carried the movie. Um, I didn't really like her uh, counterpart. Or I mean, I thought the actor was good that played Diego, but like. Uh, I thought that character was insufferable. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased because I really latched on to um, her character Giovanna at first. And uh, we'll talk more in spoilers, but I don't know. I felt like they did kind of a 180 where like, I was on her side and now I'm just like, Ugh, I don't even know if I care anymore. Uh, I don't know if it's because the film was kind of drawn out for me. And it felt incredibly mundane and um, 
I really thought that the some of the other side characters that do come into play, um, I thought they were very interesting. I wanted to know more. Um, I think that if the film had more of an ensemble storyline, that I would have enjoyed it more if they if they had different points of view instead of it. This film being more of a character study, then I would have enjoyed it. But um, yeah, those other storylines didn't really do much in my opinion. I was really interested in these other characters, and they yeah, I think. I think the film overstayed its welcome, in my opinion. And um, yeah, even the introduction of the pink cloud, when it's shown in different points of view or through like the media and stuff, I thought that was like a bit whimsical and kind of hilarious. Like, oh my gosh, this almost like the sentient like cloud is slowly crawling its way over to a person at like some grocery store. Oh my god, what are we gonna do? Just stand here and then get hugged to death by it. I thought it was just so like it was kind of silly. Like it was kind of hard for me to take it seriously. But um, because it it was so close to home that uh, I just suspended my disbelief for it. And um, yeah, it is about like how depraved we are. And I don't know. This film was surprisingly perverse and very horny. <laughs> I I was like, oh okay, it's going there. And um. I mean, I, I guess I appreciated those aspects of the film, but like it just it just came and went, and yeah, that's my reading. I want to hear your conspiracy. What's my conspiracy? It's it's uh it's just from the reception of the film and like the delayed release. Cause uh, when did they begin? I think they she said that she wrote it in 2017 and then they Okay they filmed it all in 2019. And then but I I guess yeah, it wasn't released until 20 this year 2022 i think or like my, late 2021 yeah my, i think my conspiracy oh, without a, january 2021 yeah my conspiracy without any grounds at all this is all just made up i made it up by the way what's that guy from unexplained mysteries but yeah that guy uh this felt like it it feels like a I'm not sure the background or history, but like this feels like if it was to come out, like the way Contagion got a bump in the early pandemic. Like I remember seeing like news articles. Oh yeah, everybody was watching Contagion. Yeah, and then like 
like how much this film parallels to like the stuff of like the self-isolation during the pandemic and how it's like a direct almost a direct critique of yeah of that stuff i could see that like oh we gotta like we can't conspir- let this out right now yeah my conspiracy is that it's too parallel it's too against the uh ineffectual guidelines that we were barely doing anyways so it would have probably just made it worse somehow if you believe films have uh, legitimate power to influence like people directly i think so but maybe less than material causes but yeah, just the fact of how it's like such a scathing critique. I wonder how this movie would have been received if it came out like that's right yeah, during yeah. like that main time. The conspiracy I had was like, oh, like they a billion percent probably. They're like, <laughs> oh, let's push this back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this oh, might make the... people uh, a little. There's a war in Europe about to drop in a month. We'll release it around then. <laughs> we'll we'll kind of know. Yeah, like I think for sure this would have got like the Tiger King bump or the whatever bumps. Like there's three shows like a oh, big yeah. pandemic. Squid Game. Uh, yeah, Squid Game, Contagion. I, I always go back to Contagion because it's like, isn't it like a not that good movie from like 08? I've still oh, never even watched I it. I loved Contagion. It's so good, in my opinion. Is Contagion one with Brad Pitt or Matt Damon? I forget who. It's one of those it's guys. Like Matt Damon. Yeah. But you're right. They're interchangeable. You could have probably replaced them. Yeah, Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but yeah, it's, that's why conspiracy is essentially it's that, and then the user reviews are pretty horrible. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like ninety percent, ninety eight critic reviews, like forty percent audience reviews. Oh my god! And it's like, oh yeah, people don't. Yeah, I can see why people wouldn't like it. Like, I didn't. I didn't love. I didn't walk. I didn't shut the movie. I was like, oh, I feel like. Chipper, I'm gonna go fishing, Andy Griffith style. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's time to lay in the dark and think about you know, the gradual descent of uh, all things and how the yeah. That's just my little conspiracy. Like, oh, it's, I wonder if the creators themselves or the production companies were like, oh, we gotta like you know push this down the road a little bit. Yeah, this movie's horrifying. When they um. When they accelerated the timeline all of a sudden and like she had a kid it's or like she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I was so upset. I was like, no, because that's not what she wanted. Like, why? I was like, I hate you, Yago. You ruined her life. Yeah. Like, Yago, like, one I don't of the greatest know. monsters in cinema. He's the fucking antagonist. Like, he's the one who. I don't I hated. I hated that character so much. <laughs> I think yeah. that I, I think given the just the claustrophobic nature of the movie um, that is something that I was somewhat new to me um, when watching a movie and yeah like you said when that time skip happened I was like oh no <laughs> oh no and um, I both loved and hated that aspect I, I loved it because it was very eye-opening to witness um, a rep- I guess seeing that on screen, you know, like that sort of uh, the sort of phenomenon happen. And then it was also I hated it because I feel like it's too real. It's way too real. Like it was uncanny at times. And 
the the sheer amount of like selfishness and like self-indulgence that happened in it and um, just all of these like dark grimy things that you know kind of oozed out of the characters as you know more and more time unfolded I feel like that was pretty spot on for what could occur um, inside of a very small environment over a very long amount of time um, I really liked in the beginning how when it first happened you know these people were just kind of you know getting they were they were getting freaked out by this thing that, that uh, kills people in like 10 seconds you know and nobody knows what what the deal is and then um, you know uh, they're just continuing their jobs you know just all from home you know trying to stay busy trying to stay occupied just you know spending 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 you know just yes. to just to stay alive and it became so hyper commercialized like the moment the tube came from the drone and attached itself to windows i was like oh man this is this is brave new world this is this is how it starts you know with the flying drones you know delivering packages to people the, the purple juice yes the purple juice whatever that was um and it was just horrifying at times, you know, and seeing how like all these like influencers are, you know, like, oh, you know, I spent this this amount of time, you know, engaging with the cloud. And like they're just referring to the cloud as like some sort of entity, like some all like omniscient entity that uh, is, is bringing in like a new stage of life. Like this is the next stage in evolution for for humanity and for see that's one thing i wish that they would have gone into was uh the ecological aspect of the cloud yeah like whether or not it it wiped out the entire uh flora and or, right or, and or like what about all the animals and stuff or like yeah, you know, like, the rest of the yeah ecosystem because yeah. at the beginning of the, the first shot the dog doesn't die yeah that was so weird um so i guess that that kind of lends insight on what on how it could have been it's like for some reason the cloud is just toxic to human beings mm -hmm. um which i guess we can go into like a full-on like we can go deep yeah we, we can, can go, go deep, deep in that like uh, I'm, I'm rubbing my hands <laughs> because like it, it could have been government right? issued pink cloud duh. exactly exactly and um i think that the juice itself and like how ready they were to you know have these drones cut out glass in people's windows and create like these tubes and to just basically like create like an iv drip line for humanity to keep them going to keep them spending and staying at home they're basically like profiting off of boredom and profiting off of people's loneliness because like especially with the uh with like the oculus type vr yeah. thing which i'm sure we'll get to later on but like Oh my god, like, it was, it was, <laughs> it made me feel awful at the end of it all, because I was like, yeah, this, this type of stuff already exists. Yeah, very <laughs> eerie. I love the, uh, you touched on a little bit, Kevin, with the, like, the, uh, Giovanna and Yago. I love the subtle, uh, and how we don't see like the, like, of course it doesn't kill the flora and fauna, 
And it's it's hard. I was sitting there like imagining like you could definitely go do stuff. If like you like if you signed up, I'm sure there's people who sign up to be like in respirators or the pro like, you know, like astronaut suits and you can like, travel and carry stuff for other people. I was waiting for that to happen, especially with uh, Yago yeah, like, and his Yago and his father, like when he's when his stuff's going south with his dad and he's like kind of just like disassociates. And like, I was like, oh, he's he's like a he's a monster. <laughs> he's, but yeah, it's like a it's such a it shows the descent we're all capable of the descent of Yago and the people like him. Uh, and then we see the other and this is like and they're in like the comfortable, like kind of first world sphere. Uh, Giovanna's sister. She's oh, in a night. Yeah. She's in a nightmare scenario that like we just like we can't even explore it because it gets too dark too fast and like it just leaves yeah. the film. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And well, she just gets annoyed. All them. She just gets annoyed. and was like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you anymore. This situation is not that big of a deal. <laughs> It was so, yeah, like just... a... Oh god. Yeah, but she's fucking brainwashed. That's why she's been brainwashed. Uh, by... Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt. See, I wanted to know more about that story. That was so interesting, was it not? <laughs> I, I see. I kind of like that aspect where they they only touched upon all of these other storylines that are ongoing simultaneously, and then during these time skips, we get like brief glimpses into how would they've escalated how and where they've gone and I, yeah. I like that aspect a lot just because like it it only hinted at them like it didn't it didn't uh stray away from the from the central narrative too much however it did so much in terms of world building to me especially with the the scale of the movie like it's just all centered inside of this one house and then we only see the outside world through uh through third person foot i mean through sec through footage captured by other agencies and then also through like Skype and like FaceTime of uh, people's homes. And like the, the storyline that got to me the most was uh, Sarah who was just basically just, it could have been any of us, any of us in that same situation where you're just at home, you know, just hanging out. And then all of a sudden catastrophe hits and then you're stuck there. And then that's your life for, what was it like five or seven years that she had to be like i think it was like eight years or something yeah they didn't have the baby they didn't have their baby it seemed like until like a couple years in mm -hmm. right and then by that time the baby was like at least five or six yeah i mean like shit like almost 10 years by herself oh i i could like i love my solitude (laughs) <laughs> and everything but living alone for 10 like 10 years or who knows how long and having to like i feel like the level of uh blur i guess the blurring of the line between like reality and fantasy in terms of the technological uh limbs that you would grow from that type of situation like we already have these phantom limbs that are you know we carry them with us in our pockets like we have them with <laughs> us like at every single like instance of the day but like it would just become like magnified like you would it, just you would like you would be like what's her name commander and ghost in the show you would just integrate into the uh yeah right and i and i feel like that's why this this movie presented like a very 
unique case for like the a logical step in human uh in human growth i guess <laughs> if that's even the right word uh, subjugation um, yes yeah, subjugation <laughs> yeah that's the right word um because i feel like in terms of spirituality and in terms of uh engaging with the natural world that sort of those sort of like spiritual uh, connections would wither and they would become decrepit and they would rot and fall off to the point where we can't even like remember and associate any sort of like tangible connection to them and we we would just be so ingrained in these projections and these different stages of um technology that and devices and everything like it's just it's just horrifying to me. Like I would never, ever wish anyone to go through that type of situation, just because know, that's so dehumanizing. So shitty too for the Sarah character because it's like her boyfriend, whatever, was like running errands. Like he's probably at like the grocery store, like a mile away. Yeah, that was, that was another really fun one to think like a mist situation in the pink cloud. Like if you're in a if you're in a Walmart. Oh my god. Imagine the factions and the like the immediate descent <laughs> that the would politics, arise. The politics oh, yeah. that arise after like a few years. <laughs> or imagine seeing like just one person who gets like so fed up with it and just bashes a window open Me and too. then all of a sudden it just creates like a mass like Oh my god. And that just I mean, that was my main fear yeah. at the end of the movie. Or like the last like third. I'm like Javana, this she's gonna this bitch is gonna fucking crack open the window. She's gonna kill she, them all. She she should have opened she the windows. I honestly thought that I thought that's what she was gonna do too, and I was gonna be like, okay, I'm okay with this ending. Like this is like a peaceful like death, and they're like kind of happy and everything. Not really, but no, she should have freed yeah, herself. She, no, she should have freed everybody there because they all deserved it. It's fucking Yago is just gonna be like. Oh, you know, none of it's real anyway. Um, you know, they're all, it's all fake, you know? He's always refuting, like, all of her reports, you know? I thought Yago was so disgusting of a human being, especially, I mean, because it makes me think about, like, um, the reason why people have children even to begin with. I mean, there's an interesting parallel that can be drawn in from this movie along with um, the potential looming collapse of civilization as we know it um in terms just in terms of like environmental collapse um the reason why people have children in this movie especially in terms of like yago um is just for self-sustainment you know like especially like just the conversation that he that he was having um with giovanna where she's like oh well what happened with your dad he's like oh i don't know (laughs) like like he just stopped remembering me and then they started talking about like, oh, well, what's going to happen when we die? Like, how are you even going to dispose of a body? Like, and then Yago's like, oh, well, how, you know, we won't care. We'll be dead. And he's like, oh, so you're fine with like our son having to deal with, you know, how to dispose of our bodies. And he's like, oh, well, you know, like he'll get, he'll, he'll get over it. Like, <laughs> right. And, and then his whole uh. rationale trying to convince Giovanna to have the kid was to have somebody to take care of them. And to have like company and it's like that's such a selfish rationale for having a child and like i mean i had i had like a health issue recently where i was like oh man like imagine if this was like worse imagine if like 
I didn't have, if I just lost consciousness when this thing happened and I had like nobody to like check in on me, like it probably would have been days before anyone like found me here and I would have just been dead. And like, it got me thinking like, wow, that would have been nice to have like somebody around here, like to, you know, have that sort of support. But it's like, I would never have a child for that reason. You know, like that just sounds awful. Like, and I, I'm going off on a tangent in terms of like this right here, but in terms of like just our own environmental collapse, like the looming threat of it, I am on, like, I, I feel very ambivalent when it comes to like the possibility of having a child because in one hand, I would love to experience that, but that's an entirely selfish reason, which means that I'm not at a stage to have a child um, like to have have one for all the right reasons but just the you know if I did have one I would feel god awful bringing them into a crumbling and decaying world where you know food will food was, is potentially going to be scarce water is going to be scarce uh, housing is like already scarce and it just seems like such a, a terrible thing to to bring somebody into um and then when you streamline it into this movie <laughs> i can't imagine any scenario where i would have a child you know if there's like some uh existential threat that is just nobody knows anything about and we're going on like year 10 of of this thing not going away no way no way would I would I ever bring a child into this sort of warped, just disgusting world. <laughs> I have like the the inverse selfish desire in the yeah the looming environmental crisis. Whereas I don't want oh and and then yeah like Yago. Again, I just, he's so hateable. He, if, to me, my reading of the film is like when Amazon's opening, uh, like everything we currently do to immigrants and refugees, but like it's the Amazon version from like environmental refugees from like the Mediterranean. And like, yeah, they have like, you know, the Amazon cages with the Amazon, with the refugee people. And yeah, Yago would be completely complacent. He would see nothing because of his his current comfortable life he would see nothing you know fundamentally wrong with that or he he'd he'd rewire his brain to be accepting of that injustice and like that's why i think yago and then the way he indoctrinates his son which is like the next generation it's a good little like it feels like a looming critique of like our, our habitual decline and accepting the decline it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, even like the scene where Giovanna like wakes up crying from the dream because they're like all three on a canoe and he doesn't even like try to console her. He's like, we're fine. We have like, we have a good life. Like, like immediately just trying to get her to uh, accept the cloud or whatever. Yeah. It's like she when was even dreaming about them together. Like, which I feel like is almost like a compliment to him yeah that, like he's a part of that dream of them being like outside <laughs> and free and he's like 
Bitch, right? just accept the fucking cloud. Like, I'm like, God, what a fucking asshole. I at least would have been like, well, dude, like, try to give, like, a silver lining. Like, well, shit, at least, like, at least you, it felt real for a second, you know? Like, at least you can, no, me I don't and, know. Me and our son are going to go pray. I'm going to teach him how to pray to the pink cloud to keep it to stay. <laughs> oh, God. That's like, like, just open the windows, Giovanna. Just, <laughs> just do it. End the misery. Save so what do you son. guys think of the, uh, what do you guys think of the... <laughs> The Inception-esque ending with, uh... Oh, fuck, I hated that. The hard cut. She fucking died, dude. She died. Yeah, Yeah. that's the one critique of the film. Like, just show her dying. Or, like... Yeah. Show her living and then escaping. (laughs) Oh, no, just just show her dying. Why why make it open to interpretation? The the interpretation is, like, what happens after with Yago and them, for me. I... I like the ending just because I feel like in those sheer, I mean, just in like those 10 seconds alone, she did more living than she had in all of her entirety, like during that bubble Mm -hmm. that she was in, because she was forced into that situation. Like all of those things that she decided to do in that situation were because it was like a bubble that you can't break out of. Like she had to quell all of her desire, all of her wishes, all of her dreams just because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And I guess that one could argue that, you know, she did actually live a, a life that she wanted to, or I guess tried to make the best of it. But at the same time, I feel like it that entire situation not only robbed her, but robbed everybody in that movie of of what was true to themselves, like in, the, in, in their hearts. Well, except and, for Yago. Yeah, He's except like, for eh, Yago. <laughs> he got, like he got a free life. ride. Yeah, he, he didn't have to work anymore. Like, he just relied on on uh, Giovanna's web design. But, um, Tyler, what you said about the dream uh, and how, like, it was, like, a compliment that he was even in that dream to begin with. Like, I, I love that point. <laughs> just because, for like, real, when she said it, I was so surprised. I was like, what? Like, was, does she like, really want a life with him after? Like, if they were to get out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, he was just I, I so cold. He was just so cold and selfish, even in that situation. He's like, I don't even want to deal with your, like, problems you're dealing with. Just accept the cloud already. Get over it. It's like, damn. That would fucking suck. I would probably kill myself, too. I would have at least tried to create, like, a, um, you know, like, like, you like a like- fucking, some mask or some shit. I'd try and create something. Yeah, and you know, like how you see in like a decontainment or decontamination chambers and like in like ships or like who knows what else. I would have tried to at least like create like a filtration room, like create like a four stage room where like you enter and then that's where all the cloud, you know, enters into. And then the secondary one just to try and like mitigate the possibility. Mm. Um, I like I at least would have tried <laughs> to like go and like meet people and like be connected to others in person um like the apartments yes exactly like i don't know i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have just straight up killed myself um i would have at least tried however and yeah her, and g- just being driven to madness in terms of like giovanna's like descent into it i think that that is entirely fitting into her and imagine if like of, of all the ways to do it to like end your life that seems like the least painful way to do so 
And there's like a whole other aspect that we can like go to, like of like the possibility of like death cults in in this film. <laughs> oh yeah, like, there's so much. It's a rich. It's a rich backdrop for so much. I guess that's death a good cults. good way out for her, considering um, she never really got to be herself or live like her most authentic life. And you know, Yago putting her, making her compromise. You know, she had to compromise for him. And, you know, he is not the one who has to go through this pregnancy, you know, and yeah, like, and whenever she tried to make it work with him, he's always like criticizing or judging her. He just made it, he just made the situation worse uh, every time. And, um, you know, like when they were doing their role playing, he, he was just like critiquing her. Like, why do you have to be like this character and you know are you do you have a thing for lawyers and such and such and it's just like why is he like this can he just yeah disappear like she wanted him to and see that scene though when yeah. she was like i want to make daddy disappear i thought for sure <laughs> it was gonna turn into like a full-on like it's i was like is this gonna be like some possession type shit is she about yeah to i thought there was really gonna be a crazy? plot but like poison him or something you know because it's right yeah. after they're having dinner and he was drinking something and he's like it's like i can't really taste anything anymore like my tongue feels like it's just a part you know of like my taste or like the drink or something it's just like yes poison him <laughs> but no we don't really get that happy ending that uh i wanted her to have so <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a frustrating experience, at least for me watching, because um, I mean, yeah, I know that it's intentional and all, but like, man, that was that was rough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, do we have any more to say? I I like the um the hangman scene. <laughs> that was like kind of like the tea leaf or like kind of foreshadowing. Yeah, I, I thought. One of the, you know, um, like the first one was when the guy actually jumped out the window and, you know, said that uh, he didn't want to die to the cloud. And then, yeah, and then like her interaction with her neighbor or having like sexy time with him and stuff. That was that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, it was one of the few moments that like, yeah, I very much enjoyed that were entertaining and but also like I knew like oh man something bad is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, and fuck the Wi-Fi. I'm glad that she turned it off on him. I was really I was really happy about that one. <laughs> it's like yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, I, I really enjoy your picks. Like you have like a certain style when it comes to picking out movies. And they're just like so they're just like so rich with like really strange commentary and like they're very like dark but like also yeah. i don't know like, <laughs> so, tyler has a lot a, of dark shit recently yeah some really dark stuff tyler <laughs> tyler has a gift he's picked amazing movies yeah. listen confessions <laughs> yeah i know i'm like oh pat gave this a 4.75 like i don't even care that like not everyone else liked it. I'm like, it's a hit out the park if Pat's giving it 475. <laughs> it's a hit on the on how original it is. I do appreciate the originality of the film, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, anyone who has the chance to watch it should definitely check it out. It's a very nice, concise movie to just like slip away into. 
And I think it's available to rent and purchase on Vudu, uh, YouTube, as well as Amazon, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check it out. If you feel horrible after watching it, just apply, what is it? Apply a critical eye and see if there's any <laughs> parallels to the film with uh, things happening in the real world. Yeah. And try to summon the strength to be the, be the change you want to see. <laughs> don't be, don't be Yago. <laughs> <laughs>